episode 28 of Ribbon of Memes, a podcast where we interrogate films previously described by other cinema-to-goers as... Cinema-to-goers is totally a word. Um, as cinema-to-goers as masterpieces. That's, that's a word. It's like tomatoes that go to the cinema. Um, anyway, I'll just straighten myself with my terrible pronunciation. I am Nick, and I'm joined as ever by the retrospective Roger. Hello. And we are extremely lucky to be joined once more by the philosopher of films herself, the flick philosopher, Marianne Johansson. Hello, Hello. Marianne. Hello, Hello Nick. Back. Welcome Hello, back. Hello, Roger. Thank now, you. We, Thank we, you for having me back. Oh, absolutely. Always <laughs> welcome. Um, last time we met, we were in the dusty, dry plains of Texas, talking about Paris, Texas, though we never actually got there. That's for another podcast. Um, today we have made it across the Atlantic all the way to Italy, um, because today we are checking our exits and making sure we know exactly where the fire extinguishers are as we... Enter into a discussion of 1988's uh, Cinema Paradiso by Giuseppe Tornatore. Um, I'm sorry if I butchered the <laughs> pronunciation, but there we are. Um, Cinema Paradiso. It's a film I've wanted to watch. Well, I certainly heard a lot about it and I've wanted to mm. watch for many years. Uh, I never got round to it. Was that your yeah. impression, guys? Had you? Seen, I don't think any of us had seen it before, had we? No, I, uh, there's a whole long list of films I have that I am embarrassed to admit I've never seen, especially since I'm a film critic. And Cinema Paradiso was close to the top of the list on that one. So I'm really glad that I've gotten to this. Well, there yeah. we go. It's a, it's a public service we offer in it many is. ways. Um, well, I'm glad to be at least shortening the list, uh, <laughs> slowly, but surely. Um, okay. Well, a brief praise of the film would be, um, an elder, well, not elder, middle-aged Italian film director, hears about the death of Alberto, his childhood friend um, and father figure, and reminisces about his life growing up in movies. Um, Actually, it's uh, Alfredo, not Alberto. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew I would do that. For some reason, Alberto just uh, crept into my mind. Alfredo... um, he reminisced about the death of his childhood friend Alfredo, and then, um, then we learn about his childhood growing up uh, and the cinema Paradiso and the couple of buildings that bore its name. Yeah, and... it, it did strike me as actually quite like Paris, Texas, in that rather than a, what one might think of as a conventional plot progression, it starts off by asking the question in, in Paris, Texas, why is this guy walking through the desert? Mm. In, in this case, yep. who is Alfredo? To, yeah. to him. Well, I, and, and then the spends myth... the whole film answering it. it yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, well, I suppose Paris Six did a similar thing, as you say. But uh, the mystery, in a way, is why has he been estranged from this man who he clearly cares for? Because he's not been back to his childhood town for thirty years. We discover, um, and we do. We do. I wondered if we would ever find that out, but we did. did. Maybe I we just did. <laughs> spent. Maybe the film just seemed longer, um, but. Um, I actually, for me, the, the mystery of who is Alfredo was kept up for, for quite a while for me because it seemed to me that the, I mean, the, the, uh, the filmmaker, Toto is his, his nickname. He's about eight years old and it's just after World War II. We discover when mm-hmm. the flashback starts yes. happening. Um, and the film is the, the present day set of the film is obviously late eighties and the, the filmmaker seems, when he heard that Alfredo died, like I cu- couldn't imagine that when we go to the flashback that the projectionist in the Cinema Paradiso could be Alfredo. They don't say his name for quite a while because mm. I thought, well, this guy's way too old. He couldn't possibly have lived all the way to the 80s. But that is what turns out to have happened. Yeah. I so mean, I don't know if – yeah, I, just, I don't know. Maybe he was just extremely old. We don't see him just before he dies, so we don't really know. But yeah, it, it not, did seem – not in great nick. The thirty years <laughs> when uh, when Toto leaves him alone, he's not in the best of health, so he does well to get another thirty years along. He does, it's true. But yes, he must have been extremely old when he finally died. So Philippe Moreau <laughs> was born in nineteen thirty, so so he would have been uh, just short of sixty when this was made. So getting to ninety, not in, not impossible, but it's not, not impossible, no, but not yeah. entirely likely. Yeah. So, although it is Sicily, and that is one of those places where people are extremely long-lived, 
Mm. Well, there Sometimes. we go. That, that, so maybe that, that's uh, it. <laughs> the actor is actually French, I believe. Not that, mm. that, that but I, I don't think that's ever referenced. Um, well, I mean, the, the character clearly isn't, so... I, yeah. I couldn't say how good his accent is, I'm afraid. It <laughs> worked well for me. I couldn't hear much while I was watching cinema parodies, so anyway, due to my ear infection. Well, it's a um, good thing but, that you were reading subtitles then. This is why I chose a foreign language. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I mean, I wanted to watch it because pretty much everyone had sung, uh, sung its praises... Anyone who'd seen it was was very very keen on it. Um, it, it, it won the best foreign language film uh, Academy Award ninety nine. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wasn't sure what to expect. I knew it was a love letter to cinema. Um, uh, I, it was pretty heavy on the the nostalgia. It, it had a feel to me of um, kind of heightened reality or even kind of magical reality. It reminded me a bit of. Um, a uh, local hero, um, which is just kind of slightly, slightly uh, fantasy or slightly mm. fairy tale feel to it. Um, that, that step well, beyond the slight distortion that you get in a film, anyway. Yes. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I think because most of the film is Toto remembering his childhood, we can yes. presume that there is there's some rose-colored glasses on there, which I think you really get a sense of when the adult man goes back to the village and in the present day and it's really it's it's not very nice it's really run down and <laughs> yeah yeah i mean part of that is just the change that all the years have have brought but i think part of it is that he uh his childhood he's looking back on his childhood with with hazy his memories are very hazy and and happy for the most part even though there's some tragic stuff that happens to him yeah that's it i haven't connected that i just just thought it was a passage of time but i think you're right i think it's a bit of it's a bit of both um yeah that's that's a nice um i don't i suppose my slow promise i i don't necessarily react to that kind of slightly mystical reality necessarily well or I need to be charmed into it um, Local Hero charmed me in the end I was grumpy about it at first and then it sucked me in and I ended up feeling very warmly about it um, and I'm going to say at the end spoiler cinema parody so didn't didn't quite pull that off for me I'm afraid I didn't feel charmed I, I wasn't I didn't feel antagonistic toward it I felt emotionally manipulated i felt like it was it was leaving no stone unturned to make me have some feels about what was going on and i slightly reacted against that i'm afraid mm. I, I i found it fairly charming but okay. it didn't really move me like i was not really deeply emotionally caught up with it until the very end when toto looks at the film reel that alfredo has left for him mm. i found that very moving but that was really about that was really about movies. In the whole yeah. movie is about movies, but that really was about movies, and so maybe that's why it got to me. Yeah, the impression but, I yeah. got. Uh, I, I did find a website where somebody had identified each individual film clip that gets played, um, but it, it seemed to me that this was really much more a love letter to the movies as a whole, rather than to any particular film or actor. It's, it's the, the entire, yeah. and, and indeed the, the communal film watching experience. The, the, yeah, the, it was the, almost the, more of the with. culture around the cinema and and that because um, yeah, maybe that maybe I felt slightly disappointed because I I was hoping to watch a lot of old movie clips and they really you don't actually <laughs> see an awful lot of them they mm. um they they gallop past at such a pace um that I, yeah. that I, I missed some of that it, it is I mean I'm also going to admit I feel like I'm going to be the grumpy one in the room here I, the child actor I'm I'm not particularly anti-child actors. I didn't find him perhaps as... I, 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 I usually am. slightly irritating. I actually kind of liked him. Okay. Which I thought yeah. there, was, there was one scene um, where he really, really overacts. Um, it's fairly early on where the Alfredo, the projectionist, is showing him something uh, about the projector. I can't remember exactly what it was, where the, but the, the expressions on the kid's face were so overblown. <laughs> but for the most part, I thought he was he was quite charming and cute. Um and but again, it's you know, you, if you want to be generous, you could say, well, this is this is the grown-up man's memory of himself as a child. Maybe not so much, the, no, you know, the actuality of it. Yeah, but I, 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 I but I, I can get what you. I see what you mean, though. Like I, I'm not surprised to hear anybody say that. I, I did also I, find the kid much more interesting, just as a face to look at and the mannerisms, and than the adolescent or the adult version. I mean, mm. well, that's I, true. I, I, they may well not be bad actors. I just they just didn't engage me in the same way. 
I yeah, I felt that despite having just said I was a bit irritated by the kid, I felt slightly robbed when he suddenly changed into this fairly bland young man. Yeah, I'd be very cruel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the teenage version was nowhere near as interesting as the little kid. I yeah, think. I think. Yeah, I thought fair. it was a nice transition though, where they showed him growing up, where he was just talking to Alfredo, and Alfredo was like touching his face or something, and then all of a sudden, like he's. Mm. It Which certainly t- yeah, it was. It was uh, that does seem. Done. It was nicely done, and when watching children grow up, it can sometimes feel that way. You're like, "What happened? You were a little kid yesterday." <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, that added to that slight sense of heightened reality. Um, it just it's full of little touches like that, almost magical touches. I did the yeah. the person whose expression, if we're talking about expressive faces, I love the um, priest's expressive nature. <laughs> the priest was got great. The- yeah, he's got the best expressions, and it he just is utter disgust at the the concept of physical contact of anyone. It was just uh, that was very nice. I did like that. Also, that was, it's kind of nice that you know this is a context in which you can have a priest just as a person, and they don't have to be you know the hero of the film or the villain of the film. Yeah, yes, he's I just... like that. He, he he sort of appeared to be the villain almost at first, but actually he turns into a fairly yeah. He does. Guy. Yeah, it was nice to see him sort of, he obviously softened his take on what should be censored from films, mm-hmm. because by the time the teenage Toto is around, people having sex in the back while they're watching films. <laughs> that just shows what yeah. happens when, when you let standards slip. Well, like, maybe that's it, yeah. Yeah, there, I mean, there was a, a lot of interesting stuff about changing mores and uh, mm. how cinema affected culture, how the church affected cinema early on, at least. Yeah. There was, and I'm, I'm sure I found myself thinking that the part of this film must have been inspired by the fact that, um, as they, they sort of just sort of dance around in the present day, um, sequences, that video was re- just starting to really change the way people consumed film when mm. this was made. And I'm sure that was part of what inspired the sort of look back at what was cinema when I was a kid and it's all changed now and it's all different. So. This is one of I, cinema's many crises over the years, like with TV and then video was going to kill it when we, yeah. Yeah. yeah I wonder if there, there, someone will make a, a new ver- sort of I- version, not an adaptation, but like another take on this idea when we look back at what streaming has done mm. to film. Yes. Or, or indeed pandemics. And the, well, the yeah. pandemic has advanced all what was already going to happen with streaming anyway, I think. Yeah. The, the, I think the, this is, right. this is the town where he grew up. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think it's a very autobiographical film. Um, he may well have loved film as a kid, but I don't think there's any, any, anyone has claimed no. that he did actually work in a cinema or anything like that. But right. yeah, the, the, this is the town he knew and, and I think he makes the most of that. It's, it's hard to imagine, sorry, I'm going to sound very gross. It's hard to imagine a nostalgic look back at multiplexes. <laughs> but perhaps that's just me. But you know what? If you were, I, the, the first movie theaters pretty much that I went to, or the ones that had the most formative impact on me, for better or for worse, were multiplexes. So yeah. it's really, it's, I mean, I'm, that's a fair problem. I, I, I mean, I to, don't to feel the priest. I'm nostalgic about them, but. Right. No, I don't either, but they definitely had an impact on me. Mm. And if somebody was to go and make a film that was set in a, you know, 1986 multiplex where they're showing Back to the Future 2 or something, I'd be like, oh yeah, (laughs) it would make me feel something that, you know, you had to be there for. I'm sure the priest in this film would have been horrified at the thought that anyone would look back on cinema with nostalgia. Like how would, (laughs) how, you know, how could anybody think this was a good thing? And, and I think it, it's interesting. Yeah, sorry, in the, sorry, these era, this era is just being very ephemeral as well. And e- even yeah. without the sensor clips, you know, this is yeah. a, this, the film of this date is mostly being it's getting its first run, and then that's it. You, you might get a second run cinema, but there's no other way of seeing a thing right. again. Yeah, I, I, I am one of I'm, nature's archivists. I find the whole not restoring the sensor clips just horrifying. <laughs> oh, I know. I agree completely. But, but Absolutely. I remember that the there, there is some the clips. The burning of all uh, Toto's clips was a, was a traumatic moment. But there are yeah. some bits of old Doctor Who that only survived because they were too scary for Australia, and they clipped them out before they sent them there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so it's not all the bad then. Bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, as we're on the subject of, um, I guess, the church and cinema, I, I there was some symbolism subtext to this film um uh, specifically i guess i'm i mean it, it was throughout the rest of the film but you, the the scene in the outdoor courtyard so the, the the um 
when you mean when they turn the when they turn the, the film around and project it outside and yeah. cinema is released to the masses yeah um and uh, fairly shortly after that i i maybe i'm reading too much into it i don't think so i felt there was some pretty heavy symbolism of alfredo being punished for his transgression of releasing the cinema you know he that, that was certainly the impression it. i got you know you, you've taken it out of the shrine and exposed it to everybody and, mm. and that is that is wrong in some way it's overreaching it felt like an almost religious punishment mm. um and i i don't know i well, certainly the fact that he loved film and now he could not watch film. Exactly. Mm. It was a very yeah. it didn't, didn't seem to stop him, at least in some points. No. Uh, well, there was, there was the, uh, in the, um, yeah, he could, he had some magical way of detecting that it was out of focus. And there was, a, there was that very nice scene later on where the, uh, in the rebuilt cinema, uh, where I guess it's his wife is whispering to him. She's, she's doing audio, yeah. audio description, yeah. which we have in cinemas now for people who, who can't see yeah. the screen, which is sort of, echo, um, presaging that, I guess. Yeah, that was, but I suppose my point was, um, it felt to me like some sort of metaphor for cinema as church. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, the whole film is a bit like that. You know, these people all go in and sort of worship this screen. And then I I wasn't quite sure. Maybe I was misreading what the film was trying to say. Or over, I, I felt there was, you know, this moment of cinema being released to the masses of escaping from the, the shrine of cinema. As, as you already put it, Roger, it feels religious. And then there's this, like, religious-style punishment for poor Alfredo. Uh and I had a, a couple of issues with that. One, I felt it was a bit heavy on symbolism to me, uh, in the sense that it didn't, it didn't feel realistic. It did, you know, all the other times Alfredo has dealt with the, the film stopped catching on fire. He's just snipped it out and thrown it away. But this time, uh, seemingly, you know, this was the time where it would have to happen when he's released the cinema. It falls on, I mean, burns his face off and that. It just, it felt, um, a bit heavy and it was almost to me like the symbolism getting in the way of the plot well it, mm. it's also a, a sudden lump of symbolism which in a film hasn't really had a whole lot of it to that well maybe i just haven't spotting it but it, it felt to me like a bit of a change of gear put it that way mm. yeah that's my feeling too what did that did that plot point work for you marianne or did that um it, it does seem to be at odds with what the film wants to be about which is, you know, celebrating cinema and talking about how important it is and how it makes you feel. And for so, it's cinema to suddenly turn on you, really, it, it's a bit jarring. Yeah. Hmm. And I'm not, I'm not sure what purpose the filmmaker thought it was going to serve. It is, it's a bit confusing. Well, that, I, Except I'm glad it, you said that because I, I feel like was I misreading? I, I kind of get the cinema as church metaphor, I think, and then I get this kind yeah. of, but then I wasn't sure what it was. What is that trying to say then? I know that releasing religion to the masses with, you know, that's a, a different thing, but it, I, I, I felt like the film would feel this was a good thing, but then Alfredo is, is kind of punished for it. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of, so, some Catholics would say that, you know, the church started really going to hell when they stopped doing the Latin mass, which is when they made it all more accessible for the ordinary person. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't, I mean, is is there a strand of thinking running through this film that somehow cinema has been corrupted or something? I mean, I don't, I don't well, see well, that. That, that, in the, that would, that would video sort of. Theory yeah, I was going to say. Well. Also, so with the what? The what theory? Your, your thought, your comment on on video changing things. Uh, oh yeah, that would also. Yeah, but that was that, that if he's sitting there in the, in the now in in 1988 making yeah. films and perhaps never being quite as happy with them as the films he saw as a kid, which. Mm, maybe but... that could be do you know what's really interesting is i don't think it's mentioned that toto the adult toto is a filmmaker until the very end of the film and then it's only just hinted at yeah there, when are, some, he, there are some comments because... that is famous but yeah yeah but that's it like oh you've made yeah the, and important when he goes back right. to the funeral the mm. um the, the somebody the, the former owner of the uh the cinema says something like he's a important person but yeah but there's no actually no one actually says we don't see him making films there's the little bit when he's a teenager experimenting but that's not the same thing hmm. I, yeah i only sort of twigged i mean i read it afterwards and it confirmed it. i only sort of twigged yeah. like at the end when he he's basically sitting down in a movie theater which is clearly somewhere he's very familiar with but well and also he one. when he hands the 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 reel that he got from alfredo to the projectionist the projectionist says i loved your film 
Oh, but that's that, kind yeah. of it. That's yeah. So it's kind of bizarre. I don't. So we really it's have no. Because you would have thought that would be a a narrative you want to bring in straight right at the beginning that you know is a film director. You know how he ends up. Exactly. But yeah, it, it didn't. I mean, he's like, he's obviously quite wealthy. We see the flat where he lives, which was very nice, in really in central Rome. Um, but other than that, like, I mean, he doesn't seem very happy. That so maybe he's not making the kind of films that he likes. But we have no idea what what kind of films he's making. So yeah, yeah I feel I, I that's a bit Tom, of a. I think Thompson has a point that we never really learn much about him beyond you know he, he loves enjoys, movies, he enjoys films, yeah. he likes pretty women. Alfredo's his father figure. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Do we, should we talk about the character? Well, yeah. So Toto, I, I agree. We don't, we don't learn what I feel is a pretty key piece of information for him until, until right at the end, and we don't know much about him other than he's fairly genial. Yeah, and, and uh, is heterosexual, I, I guess. Um, <laughs> the um, Alfredo's an interesting character too. We don't know much about his past or, or quite what. What leads him to have this relationship with Toto? I don't know that you need it. I was just interested into how he got into that situation. Yeah, and what, yeah. what perhaps did he do in the war? Mm. Yes, because he would have done something. Because everybody did something. Yes, yeah. Um, there's some nice. Uh, well, again, I I often found myself a bit more interested in the historical, but you know, the the boy who goes off uh, to find a job in Germany because he's never going to find one in Italy, and they're all shouting communist at him. That was. I, I wanted to learn more about that, but maybe that's again, maybe that's just me. Um, uh, Alfredo, I I I, I thought he's lovely acted character. Uh, Alfredo really did work for me. Though I did feel he had one of the most obvious, is it save the cat moments where you have a character that you have to show is, um, uh, that you have to show is deep down a good person so the audience knows they have to root for him. Like when Aladdin gives his, his stolen goods to the kids at the beginning of Aladdin and so you know he's a goodie. Um, and so Alfredo has, to me, a really obvious save the cat moment where he, he goes and saves Toto from his mum and, and rustles out the 50 lira from his pockets. Mm. Uh, it, that felt a bit too textbook filmmaking to me so it took me out of the film a bit, but... Again, oh, that yeah, that didn't bother me because I, okay. I, I think it, um, it. I mean, it softened him a little bit because we saw him. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. He has, but been... yeah, I mean, he was being very brusque with with Toto. Yeah. Um, but maybe from right back then, he had this idea that like everybody should be leaving this town. Don't don't live here because there's nothing here for you. <laughs> And so yeah. didn't want the kid to get too close to him. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we don't know a lot about him either. It's a bit tricky, but I, I found that sort of charming that, yeah. you know, uh, the kids, the kids spent his money he was supposed to buy milk with to go to the movies. I mean, maybe yeah. as a movie lover, that's something maybe you could identify with. It's a, yes. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It does yeah. encourage and that, that bit when, small children. But <laughs> <laughs> that, that bit a bit later when he's take, taking the, um, yeah, obviously the school leaver type exam. Yeah. Um, oh, that was a really nice one. I must say that did charm. Yeah, it it did, but it never really seemed to come to anything. No, no, no. It was a bit of a true non sexual. We didn't yeah. quite find out why he was. But I, I mean, like, it, it was. It's, like it's a great scene. character moment for both of them. I, I yeah. Agree. Well, the but obviously he still continued to you know to be a projectionist. He was complaining mm. that he couldn't do anything else. But now, presumably, if he's gotten his, you know, school certificate, he could have done something else, but he still stays there. <laughs> maybe. We didn't yeah. find out whether he actually got the certificate or not, did we? So maybe it didn't go quite <laughs> Maybe, <as well>. maybe. <laughs> True. So maybe the cheating. I um, thought, well, it, it seemed to me that the implication was that because Toto had helped him by cheating a little bit, that he would have passed. But yeah, but we don't know. That's another sort of thing that's left hanging. Hmm. But, but then again, yet. you know, it's Toto's perspective. Maybe he doesn't know. I, I'm Maybe definitely, he, I hadn't considered the, the kind of rose-tinted spectacles, but I think that does I mean, warm me to it a lot more, actually. It, it doesn't necessarily paper over all of the, the sort of issues with not knowing a lot about all the different characters or what happened, but it potentially softens them a little bit. The, the other thing well, that struck me is it, it, it's not trying to make an argument about, you know, this was the right thing to do or this or that wasn't. It's just mm. saying, this is the way it is, this is the way it was. This is what happened. And, and you know, here I am now, or not me. Yeah. And so, yeah, Tornatore was 32 oh. when he made this, so... 
Not could, quite the same age group, but no. You could also, yeah, you could argue. Um, there's a line towards the end of the film. Well, no, it's not. Yeah, it's close to the end when um, the Alfredo was con- telling the teenage Toto, "Go away, don't come back." Um, and he says, "Life's not like a movie; it's much harder," or something like that. Mm. And so you could you could say that everything in the story is there to confound the idea that everything should be neatly wrapped up like it's a movie um that yeah yeah, everything you know there are loose ends we don't always understand everything about everybody why they do things i'm not saying that's necessarily a satisfying argument because this is a movie yes but it there it is yeah i mean (laughs) at at the other end i don't want to say you know i want everything neatly wrapped up and explained at the end of my however many minutes yeah exactly exactly it didn't feel like that it doesn't give you the feeling of that sort of I mean, it's not Game of Thrones, is it? You don't expect the characters to <laughs> randomly die. Though I suppose Alberto's tragic um, filming accident is, is something to do with it. Um, I mean, the, the film, re- the core of the film, I felt, I don't think it's too much, is, is Alberto and Toto's relationship. Yeah. Um, so what do we feel about uh, Teenage Toto and his romantic acquisition and wh- where that went? Did that... I, I think well... we have to come back to what you said. Uh... <laughs> It's a, it's it's Toto's viewpoint. Right. It is. Yeah. Toto, it's which, definitely which Toto's is viewpoint. Why we have no idea of what Elena act, might actually want, or no. who she is, or, no. or anything the, about. <laughs> only thing we know is that she's very pretty. Mm. That's it's it. An object of desire. Exactly. She's uh, of all the characters, the least defined of all. Which oh. is so. Maybe this is a point to talk about the. The longer version of the film, mm. which I have not seen, but I read about what makes it longer. Yeah. And all of it is about how the adult Toto goes back and tries to rekindle a relationship with her. He finds her as a grown up, which he's not able to do in the, the shorter cut of the film, um, and rekindles a relationship and learns more about her. And I'm so glad, and I have not seen this, and yeah. I really don't want to, because for me, the only thing that saved the fact that... Um, the younger Elena was a complete non-entity, just this very pretty girl, is tied in with that whole life is not a movie thing. So he ultimately is frustrated and unsatisfied and that their relationship is completely cut off and he never finds out anything more about her. That's because life is not like a movie. It's much harder. Yeah. But for this thing to be, if this thing had been tacked on, I would have been like, that would have made me angry, I think. I agree. I thought it was a really nice explanation as to why. And I thought it tied in with the, the real as well at the end that it's all, he, the reason, you know, it's said a few times the adult Toto, he's always off with different women. He's never satisfied in his relationship. And that's because he's always sort of harping back to this mm. perfect relationship that never finished and ended unsatisfactorily. Yeah. I, mean, and I felt, I don't I felt want that... to downplay the effects of trauma on people's lives because, you know, this is a real thing, but I do feel that somebody should have said, get over it, kid. Yeah. You know, if you well, had yeah. stayed together, you, chances are you'd have got bored with each other in six months. Yeah. Except, yeah, it's never going to be <laughs> like, and, and in a way that the, you know, the, the showreel of kissing at the end, I thought was a, I don't know, some sort of tribute to that perfect relationship that you never had. And, and, and Alfredo, um, understood that and understood that about Toto and, and why it connected the film all back together in a nice way. Yeah. And I absolutely agree with you, Mary, and that would have been totally spoiled with this, this middle-aged, affair because i think she's married Uh, yeah she's married um and obviously reading judging from the description i read it's not a particularly happy affair that they have with each other they're both very dissatisfied with each other and it just it just sounds awful (laughs) and of course the other thing that ending tax on is that the reason toto couldn't find her is because alfredo lied about it and yeah and that also himself that and but that also spoils the whole relationship between Alfredo and Toto. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a strange. Um... Yeah, I, I... it is interesting. So the the original cut of the film, which includes all this other stuff we're just talking about, that was what was first released in Italy, and it was a total flop. Even the mm. Italians didn't like it. It was That's only crazy, what the yeah. re, the recut version uh, that was released internationally is the one that became the one that everybody loves yeah. and that won the Oscar. Half an hour shorter, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Roger Ebert reviewed both versions, the, the short one when it came out and then the long one when that was released a few years later. And he, he really liked the original. And one of the, one of the things he says is that he's really impressed with the maturity of this director and, you know, not doing the whole lazy, 
other stuff. <laughs> and then when he saw the longer, yeah, okay, this is all the lazy other stuff. <laughs> uh, this is what a young director would have done, yes. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it sounds like in this podcast we're becoming pro studio, inter- studio intervention. At uh, least sometimes. Uh, I don't, I don't think it was studio intervention. I think it was the filmmaker. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure about this, but, uh, I, I think it was something that, that he did for himself to, because that's the version that was, um, that went to Cannes and also won awards mm. at Cannes. Oh, so he so, would have had authority over I that. think so, yeah. Okay. So I don't think, I don't, and also I, it, I don't think it was done because, um, it was trying to appeal to international or, or even American audiences. It sounds like it, yeah, even the Italians rejected the longer version. So he, he so. did it to save the film, really. Yeah. But it's weird, the longer version feels like, I don't want to tell a director. It feels like he's missing the point of his own film, which mm. seems a bit strange. But maybe that's just, I don't know, but the, the power of masterful editing. Yeah. Guess, yes. Perhaps he sat down with an editor or even just somebody who said to him, look, this is what's working and this is what isn't. Sometimes you yeah. just need someone yeah, to tell you. With a, bi- with a bit of distance to say, yeah. So then to have it re-released later as a director's cut, um, yeah, which I gather didn't go down. I think our reaction to it, having it described to us, was similar to what people thought when they saw it, that it, it spoiled this wonderful relationship between Toto and Alfredo. Yeah, and, I think uh, releasing this director's cut is much more uh, a matter of trying to just cash in on the yeah. the, mm. the fame of the film. It has a reputation. I mean, and director's cuts are all the rage. <laughs> it's a way to sell more DVDs and Blu-rays, so... Well, some of them are yeah. worthwhile. And I mean, this certainly. was yes. in 2002, yeah. so relatively early as, you know, in the DVD, Blu-ray, director's cut sort of era. Yeah. Uh, amazingly, yeah. We, we watched Blood Simple, which the Coen brothers released as a director's cut, which is actually shorter than their original film. <laughs> they said they'd learned how to edit in the meantime. That's an amazing film. Yeah, anyway, that's yeah. what we're w- Possibly about. worth noting, um, this is written as well as directed by... Donatoris, so one suspects there, there may well not have been anybody during the filming to be in a position to say, yeah, look, this doesn't quite work. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, so he, he <laughs> just needed a bit of this. Okay, so we agree we all like the shorter version more. Um, <laughs> I, I did, yeah. thinking of the manipulation thing, I, I was getting Armageddon flashbacks, you know, all, all those those little shots of the American flag waving symbolically in the background. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, I know exactly what this scene is trying to make me feel, and like Night Nick, I do resent that a bit. I, I, I had to get past it, or I just wouldn't have watched it, but, yeah. Well, I suppose the other thing, I didn't, um, I didn't find it, uh, I found it, but I, it, it, it is warm, and, and the, the characters are all, uh, you know, even the, the slightly dodgy ones have this, kind of fuzzy dodginess about them that makes them endearing um the the the, the guy who says this is my square exactly mm, yes yeah um, much like with um local hero you know it's got this kind of uh, it just um it didn't quite charm me then but it, it didn't um i thought it would be visually stunning and i i didn't find it quite so you know we're thinking back to paris texas and the Cinematically, it was just mm. so beautiful, and I, I didn't quite find that with cinema parody. So I didn't know if that was just I was less uh, keen on the architecture. But I didn't think so. I mean, I feel like I'm quite keen on uh, Sicilian. Well, Italian. also perhaps you know, for Tornatore, this it, every shot is this town I grew up in, and mm. for us it isn't. So, yeah, and we we, th- we we did recently uh, watch watch the um, the dead. Uh, Houston's oh, last goodness. film. Yes, the dead. I and I, I got a, a similar feeling in that of, you know, he, b- mostly an American, is fascinated by just the Irish way of talking and doing things and so on. And I, as an English person, am not so fascinated. <laughs> I, you know, I don't dislike it. It's just, it doesn't have that appeal of the exotic to me because I grew up knowing yeah. people like that. Yeah. So I, I think, I wonder if there's a similar thing going on here of uh, the, the director thinks this is worth it in itself just because of what it means to him and it doesn't mean that to us mm, interesting it's, point it's got to be somewhat autobiographical because he's a uh a sicilian himself i believe and grew up in a small village like that he grew up and in that town it, it is actually i did not realize that it's actually <laughs> his hometown Okay, so it's going, to, it's going to be somewhat autobiographical. Um, yeah. So yeah, as I, I say, thought, I, mean, I don't think he ever actually worked in a cinema, or if he had, if he did, he hasn't said so. So mm. you know, I thought there were a couple of interesting 
like cinematically interesting shots, like when they had the cinema outdoors by the water and there were the guys on the boat standing up watching the film. I thought that was sort of interesting. Yes, that um, was there nice. Were, there were a few nice bits like that. Not not a ton of them, though. Yeah, mm. yeah I would agree. wasn't anything that really leapt out at me as, I, I'm just going to keep watching this shot and, oh, some people are talking as so well, I don't care. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I was struck by the, um, I don't know how common that is in Italy, you know, the the projection coming out of this lion's mouth. Um, that was a nice image. Um, I did get slightly irritated seeing the kid's face pop up next to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the awful times that it happened during the film. Oh dear, I'm very, I'm feeling very misanthropic today. Oh. I wonder if part of the love for this film when it was initially released in the shorter version, you know, all the love it got at festivals and the Oscar, the people who were making those decisions at that time, the critics and the Academy members, all would have been contemporaries. That Like this would have been in, in a lot of ways their own life story, love relationship with cinema. Yeah, they would have been yeah. about the same age to have grown up and seen the massive changes over the decades. And I wonder if they also very much like bought into the nostalgia side of it to a degree yes i i, I think are, so, sorry yeah but sorry, i think there's I, an accessibility about it as well it, it is very accessible that's true yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's not being completely non-linear narrative or, or any of the stuff that a, oh, a, a really weird foreign language film might it, be at this date it's not Fellini, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so i think that may also help in terms of um award nods so yeah. do go on nick I just sorry, I'm just having flashbacks. Was it nine and a half Fellinis that I watched? <laughs> blimey. blimey, that was a. That was I'm a this, watch. this film did apparently reinvigorate Italian cinema, at least as far as the world outside of Italy is concerned. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. it, it was certainly very popular. It was the, well, it won the Oscar for popular foreign language film, and was the yeah. most popular foreign language film for. Yeah, I mean, got, got the Grand Prix du Jury, uh, Cannes, uh, yeah. Golden Globe, uh, César, a uh, bunch of battles. It, it, I don't know about Italian awards, but... It probably was um, an introduction to Italian, if not foreign cinema, for a whole bunch of, at least Americans and other Westerners, mm. probably had not seen much in the way of Italian cinema before. Uh, yeah, I think... And, yeah, it. but you're right, this is very accessible and... Yeah, well, I suppose that's, um, it, it feels, I, I've touched on it before, it felt a little, I don't know, I, it, it felt to me slightly like a film that thought that it was cleverer than it was. <laughs> Is that a mean thing to say? I mean, it, it wasn't phenomenally deep, I don't think. It wasn't complex. It didn't have a, very complicated things to say I didn't think mm. other than and and again this may be me missing it but other than um, this was a nice time and look how time changes and now I've grown up and now I'm sad and I was happy when I was <laughs> um, and I um, and I suppose that's why the 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 accident with Alfredo grated on me a bit because I, I sometimes I feel like ambiguity and symbolism is a bit like sending someone a gif in a text in that it's like you don't have to put a lot of mental effort in to appear <laughs> slightly more intelligent or slightly funnier than you actually are and yeah. I, um, I felt a bit like that about this film it wasn't I, the messages I got from it was a little mixed and I wasn't quite oh. sure what it was trying to say if anything yeah Absolutely. I mean, there's when uh, a Toto is going, the teenage Toto is going off, leaving town forever until he comes back for Alfredo's funeral. Alfredo says to him, like, don't come back ever. Don't wallow in nostalgia. But that's the entirety of what this film is. <laughs> so it's wallowing in nostalgia. So yeah, again, it like a, a bit mixed. Like yeah, it doesn't quite know what it wants about to say. What happens to him after those thirty years? Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah, it just takes that leap from like leave and don't ever come back to okay, I'll come back now. But yeah, we have no idea what happened in the interim. Well, that was, I mean, it was the answer to a mystery. So I agree there. That, that yeah. How do we feel about Alfredo saying that and being so adamant about if you come back, I'll, I'll, I won't see you and I won't. And that was the answer to this. What, if he loves this man so much, if he loves his place so much, why mm. has he gone back for 30 years? Well, we find out he's been told not to. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about that? I, I'm Let's, not sure. I, I kind of felt like his mother felt when he when he does come back for the funeral and uh she's like oh you must be very tired and he's like oh no it's a flight's only an hour and she's like 
don't tell me that. Like you've been gone. You wouldn't come back for 30 years when you, it was so easy. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of, that's a bit of a stretch too. Like emotionally, we're supposed to buy this guy. I, I you know, his, whether... his, his life was opened up emotionally by cinema, by this relationship with Alfredo, but then he hasn't seen his mother in 30 years? Really? He won't even go back and see his mum. He won't even say, tell yeah. you what, mum, I'll buy you a ticket. You could fly out here. Yeah, yeah. Darling. There's no indication that he uh, ever that, did that. I, I think there is, in, in the in the extended version, there is a suggestion that he always pays for her to come and see him. He never goes to see her. Oh, oh okay, go. good. But I mean, it, it he clearly... But even in the short version, I mean, it's not that he's been ignoring her because she does say, like, look at the house, you know, all the money you sent, let, let us do this, you know. Well, he sort of <sighs> obeys Alfredo to the letter. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if that's some of the point. That he, he's, he's so much seeing this guy as the father figure that he's just taking him absolutely seriously. He says, never Maybe. come back. I will never come back. Right. Alfredo would probably be entirely happy if he actually he... did, having made a life somewhere else and said, yeah, I'll come and visit. But... Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to, you know, go and make a life somewhere else, but to never come even for a visit, that's... I mean, mm. They were very, it was like the Gremlins instruction, right? They were very specific instructions <laughs> that he couldn't, he couldn't break, and he, he clearly didn't. And, and he I, didn't, yeah. I was a little... It didn't quite ring true to Alfredo for me. What was it in his past? I mean, I suppose yeah. the idea was Alfredo never amounted to anything because he never left and, and he always felt he was such a failure and he yeah. loved this boy so much he loved Toto so much that he didn't want that to happen to him it just felt a bit extreme to do that and, and was the film suggesting that the secret to Toto's success was because he had done that is that how he managed to because he never looked back because he just went forward maybe I'm I mean not, imagine sure though you know to go that far, but sorry. yeah we could uh, imagine a, a slightly alternate universe version of the story where you know, he goes and has a successful film career as a filmmaker, very rich and famous. And every once in a while, he brings his films back to his hometown to be shown there. And <laughs> this way, the, the cinema doesn't die. <laughs> it, it manages to stay alive. That'd yeah, be nice. sort of this <laughs> ending in a way to yeah. cap off this, this perfect childhood. Um, yeah, it, it felt, yeah. I suppose, what I'm coming to, that, that felt a little forced to me. It was an answer to the mystery. Yeah, but it, it felt like uh, oh, okay, all right. Well, if that's what he said, so <laughs> but um, yeah, it maybe it's kind of ironic that the, the the things that for me that emotionally hit the most were the the clips that were cut out of the films, yeah. the stuff mm-hmm. that the, this film tells us is not real life, and yet that was the most emotionally involving. <laughs> Absolutely, mm-hmm. the, the bits. It, it, is, is it saying, you know, his own life was being clipped that way? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, um, yes. Yeah. So it's all Elena's fault. Blame the woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, blame the woman. <laughs> oh, and, Al- well, and Alfredo, too, because, yeah, he lied to him. Yeah, well, uh. that's, uh, well, yeah, see, that gives you a difference. Not only did he cast him out from the village in Terminator never to return, it destroyed his childhood relationship. Exactly. Um, he turns out to be a criminal mastermind. Well, <laughs> that's another alternative version of this film is where Toto realizes that, this, that Alfredo has ruined his life and maybe, maybe Toto killed him. <laughs> and he's played by Bruce Willis this time. <laughs> he tortures his way through that. I'm just remembering Arnie as Hamlet, so yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I, well, no, I'm not going to defend it, but I, I'll be up with that advert. I, I am ashamed to admit I had such poor education. The advert of Arnie's Hamlet, where he says "to be or not to be," was the only time I ever understood what that phrase was meant to be. I heard it before and it didn't well, mean anything it's to me. it's not meant to be a threat. Well, <laughs> that's true, but I had to have it voiced that way to understand it. Which, which may be a worrying thing to me. <laughs> yeah, to, to go on into a slight technical note, um, I'm not a, a technical film historian or anything of that sort. Um, I did notice a couple of things. Um, you know, mostly it's, did they really use single projector setups in cinemas in Italy in the 50s? Because if so, they're about the only country where they were. Oh, you mean they, did, they only had one, right, yeah. Yeah, so there is a break between reels. Right. I mean, it, they, they certainly it was didn't obviously here or in France or in the, or in the States. Even so. even in like a poor little town in the sticks, they would have more Far than one projector. Tell, yeah. Hmm, interesting. That is interesting. I did think it was quite funny the the sequence where 
the, the cinema owner could only get one print of the film for his mm-hmm. two cinemas, and they had to share the reels back and forth. That was, that was funny. That yeah. was good. Yeah. That was a nice touch. <laughs> and the... There's a sex scene in that bit, in that, a, a, a weird sex scene in the, in the bit that they cut out while he's going back and forth. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. But, but, Yes, or any other technical aspects? That, that's pretty much it for me. I mean, I, I found a couple of things that I, I didn't notice at the time, and I'm not an expert, so I don't think they were. I have to say, th- up that on. would never even have occurred to me. I, I just, no. yeah. I mean, I, I started seeing films in, in the 70s as a kid, and they were always, you know, the three different places the light came from. But, okay. yeah, I. I mm. ap- ap- apparently, there they would have been at least two pretty much everywhere by this point. Huh. Interesting. Well, overall, I, I, I did want to come back to that. That's a very good point about the, the film, because the, the part of the film that moved me the most was the part of the film that was composed entirely of other films. <laughs> 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 the bit right at the end, the, the kissing sequence. Um, and I, yeah, I did. I, I felt that capped it off nicely in some way. I wasn't, again, I wasn't quite sure what the message was, but it felt like an end to the nostalgia and a, a final Meeting with Alberto. Um, yeah, sorry. and it also and it also felt like the here's the power of film. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know, sort of condensed. I just I yeah. couldn't help wishing I was watching some of those other films. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll see if I can dig out that list of clips for you. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure someone has done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did find yeah. one. Oh, someone have. So overall, what did we think? I, I kind of. Uh, Shot my bail early a bit, really. I liked it well enough. Um, it just ultimately didn't charm me, and I felt a little manipulated. So I, yeah. I wasn't as well disposed to it as perhaps um, I might have been. I'm liking it more after this conversation than I did at the start. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found it yeah. charming in a superficial sense, uh, but not very emotionally involving. Mm. I, I think yes, I'm, I'm, I'm looking on it more kindly now that we've talked about, you know, the, the different ways it might have worked mm. um, than I did just having thought about it in isolation. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's true for me too. I, I am feeling a bit more warmly, so I'm particularly remembering the priest's expressions. Yeah, I mean, there's also, definitely... Antonella did... Attili is simply a gorgeous woman, the, the mother. Oh, she, that, that's his mother, is it? Yes. Uh, and she still is now, I should point out. The, the woman who plays his mother. As, as, when he's a kid, yeah. The younger one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, call, call me shallow. I am shallow, but. <laughs> well, and, you know, the, the actor who plays the teenage version of Toto is, you know, quite attractive and still mm. today. And he's, he's been actually in tons of films, actually. He's continued to have a career as an actor. Then the kid, the little kid bland. hasn't. <laughs> well, I mean, he's a bit bland, but that that tends to be what I find attractive, <laughs> at least at least to look at. You, then the minute they open yeah. their mouths, are not that interesting. Um, yeah, I wasn't but, struck by his acting in this. Um, no, I, no, I, I wasn't was either. Some, I, I agree. The kid does a bit of mugging. I, he's, he, yeah. he does the right. I just felt maybe I just wasn't in the mood to be charmed because I was a bit poorly when I, when I was. <laughs> okay, um, that that was actually Salvatore Cascio, the, the kid. Um, that was his first film role. Yeah, and he had a, he had a couple of others, but nothing. Only stuff in like the early nineties. Uh, yeah, I, I, there are you know, seven more things on Wikipedia. Most, yeah, and yeah. one of them's in two thousand one, but the others are all yeah, nineteen ninety two. Yeah, it does seem like the best thing a child actor can do is get out of acting as soon as possible. And, and True. Yeah. <laughs> as happened with New Aliens, he became a teacher. Yeah. Was consequently, mm-hmm. very well adjusted. <laughs> Turns up at conventions every now and then and says, yeah, I did that. <laughs> yep. Um, should we go to our segment? Has anyone got anything else they would like to say about cinema parody? So, Yeah. I don't think so. Well, what we tend to do is, uh, <clears throat> is this a masterpiece? So do we feel it is a masterpiece of cinema? As it, It's certainly got a reputation of being. How do we, how do we feel? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I would call it a masterpiece. No. I'd say it, it is, it, it's, I mean, it's about nostalgia and I feel like now it is, um, itself, um, an instance of nostalgia. 
Yes, but yes. Mm. yeah, well. yeah, exactly. If I'd, if I'd seen this in '88, I strongly suspect I would feel more more positive about it now. I don't know. It, it, I don't know if that I can say that because in '88 I would have been 19, and I yeah. have a bigger perspective on film and on history than and on growing up than uh, I would have had then. So I don't know. Oh, it's sure. hard. It's hard to know. I might have been sort of more overwhelmed and more wowed by it, and just because it was, you know, it was foreign. <laughs> Sorry, what, what, I don't know. what I mean is, if I'd seen it then, I would now be thinking of this as when I was 19. Oh, exactly, yeah, and, yeah. And that, that would count in its favour uh, in True. a way that it can't for me just seeing it for the first time now. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to mention yeah. a, a dread film, Roger, I'm sorry, but to me, you can have a film about nostalgia, but you don't have to be yourself personally involved in mm. those memories. Oh, yeah. for, me, for me, Stand By Me is the classic... Uh, it captures mm. the feeling of nostalgia and youth, even though none of those experiences were mine and, and were nothing like my childhood. Un- uh, unlike The Breakfast Club, where we, uh, we were both saying this this was very alien to us. As well, interesting. Uh, the, the Breakfast Club was my adolescence, basically. <laughs> <laughs> School yeah. seems to be one of the things that doesn't translate well. <laughs> no, but, but I know what you mean about nostalgia because I feel that way about A Christmas Story. You know, which right. is about a little boy in America, like in late thirties. Um, but something about it feels like a, an American childhood, at least up to a certain point. Probably not anymore, but certainly by the time you know when I was a kid in the seventies, it's a lot of it still rang true. Right. It not you know in in the broad scope, not in all the details. Well, I suppose that you can you can feel nostalgic without sharing the the experiences. And I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, maybe I'm just too old. But it, cinema parodies, <laughs> didn't quite do that for me. And Darn I do, kids! I shouldn't criticise <laughs> the film; it isn't. But I do wonder if it would have been as highly regarded if it wasn't a foreign language. If that was just a straight up Amer- in America, for instance. If that was there was talk of remaking it. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, in um, like fifties um, open air cinema, kind of as a nostalgia piece. There, I don't know if it would have. I mean, I suppose that'd be American. I, I've heard of at least one <laughs> film about nostalgia for that, and it wasn't American graffiti. I can't remember what it was a few years ago now, but there is a film. Same film. There is an American film starring Jim Carrey. It's probably from the early two thousands, called The Majestic. Oh. Mm. Yes. Where he play? It's set in the 1950s. He is a Hollywood screenwriter who is, I think, he's been blacklisted or something because of the whole communist thing. Uh, and he goes and I think he ends up getting amnesia in a car accident or something, and ends up in the small town where he helps the struggling cinema that do something well be, or other yeah. survive or something. So that might be the it's, equivalent. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder if this, the film feels. I wonder if it makes you. Uh, there's something about a foreign language film for us as um, uh, as English speaking Westerners, I guess, that makes it feel a little more arty and a little more intelligent. Dare I say mm. that yep. it would be otherwise? And I wonder if yep. that is slightly added to. Because uh, frankly, I didn't feel the film was. I've already said it, but I, I, I don't feel it, it had as much to say as it seemed to think it did, and, and wasn't quite as smart as it thought it was. But uh, I, I wonder if that had something to do with it. So but yes, you, for me, yeah, it would yeah. be not a masterpiece either. I'm glad I watched yeah. it. I've been meaning to watch it for ages. I yep, same. I wouldn't watch it again in a hurry. It, it doesn't have that <laughs> feeling we've, we've had on some of our films of, yeah, this is clearly what X, Y, and Z other films were copying. I, I don't think it's been influential in that way. Mm, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I agree. I don't see it repeating or popping up in films since. Not- not in Hollywood. I suppose you did say it did sort of revitalised Italian cinema. So it, it did. Whether that was just a financial influence, though, I don't know, rather than an artistic. I don't know. So one of the films that apparently came in the wake of this that was huge globally was Life is Beautiful, um, right. the happy film set in the concentration camp. Um, and I think a lot of people feel that that is an extremely sentimental film. So maybe that was the that was the influence. This movie shifted, uh, you know, Italian cinema from sort of un- inscrutable and and arty to just sentimental and happy. Maybe for diabetics to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't actually seen Life Is Beautiful because I was told it was almost unbearably sentimental. Yeah, um, I, I've I seen it. I'd have a similar reaction that I felt like I was being manipulated. Yeah. 
Um, and I don't mind being manipulated. I just I'd rather not know about it while it was, <laughs> while yeah. it was happening. Well, I mean, all, all stories, all films are manipulative, but you don't want to feel like you're being manipulated. Yeah. And, yeah. and to be fair, I think probably audiences are different thresholds for that. So what to oh, yeah. one person is, I just like this, is to another person, yeah, they're really pl- trying to pluck at my heartstrings here. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, we do generally go over the, what the contemporary context. Uh, so th- this is a little bit difficult because it won foreign language film in the 62nd Academy Awards, um, rather than the 61st, which would be when it was re- originally released because of the whole delay and festival and translation and so on. Right. Um, but in the 61st, the, 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 the films of 1988, um, Rain Man is the big one. Big winner. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah. So they did this win best director cinema parody. So uh, no, it got just um, best foreign language. Best foreign language, best foreign language okay. yeah. And um, I've not watched that for a long time. I wonder how that would hold up. <laughs> and you know, Working Girl, Fish Called Wanda, The Accused. Oh, Fish Called Wanda. Fish Called Wanda. Working Girl is great too. I saw that again not that long ago, and that holds mm. up really well. I should. Well, I, I saw half of it, got into it, and then I've never gone back to it. I should give hey. it a try. Uh, look, look at the box office. The, this gets a bit tricky because there there is another film, which indeed may, may be the subject of our next episode, uh, which is generally regarded as the tenth highest grossing. But in this particular list on the absolutely infallible Wikipedia, it isn't there. <laughs> uh, it's not on the list. So that that of course is Die Hard. Ah, oh. Die Hard. <laughs> I just watched that. It gets a Christmas Eve uh, tradition for me the last few yep. years. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Uh, we're watching it in January for some reason. It's probably going to be our next episode because we excellent. We just wanted to watch it. <laughs> yeah, such a good film and and influential. So, but like, let's save that for next time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so go, going by this list, we've got uh, Big, the um, Tom Hanks. Tom movie. Hanks. Yeah, yeah, that would look nowadays. Um, uh, the, the Naked Gun, the first one, when it was still vaguely funny. <laughs> and indeed, oh, when you could still cast OJ. Uh, <laughs> mm, that's all. I just watched the trial of OJ on them. That was very good. Anyway, uh, co- let's move Cocktail. On. Uh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> God, like, these are all... Wow. All the films we've watched, all the 80s years we've done up to this one, I felt like, oh, I've seen all these. These are amazing. And I'm not <laughs> feeling that quite so much this <laughs> A lot of these are films I'm a bit more familiar with than than the, than the uh, other ones. Yeah, uh, Fish Called Wanda, which we we did mention. Love the Fish Called Wanda. Ken coming to kill me. Wrong answer, Ken. That's a chip up the nose, I'm afraid. Number six, Rambo three, which remains the only Rambo film I've seen. And if you've seen it, you'll understand why one wouldn't be encouraged to see that more that one was told will like it. I gather the other two are actually better. Finest franchise, but I wouldn't start with Rambo. <laughs> I don't think I've seen any of the Rambo films. <laughs> uh, the, the first one, you know, PTSD is a thing. Fair enough. Number right. two, we still got some character, but basically we're going to go and refight Vietnam. No, number three, <laughs> let's kill some commies. In Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. uh, so number five, twins. Um, Danny, Danny DeVito, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. This is a collection of um, I didn't like films it. that are making me feel a bit queasy. Then <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, you won't want to hear about Crocodile Dundee 2, which is at number four. Oh, my. Bond's a film. <laughs> uh, number three, <laughs> Coming to America, Eddie Murphy. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't like it as much as Trading Places. Everyone Same here. God. This is, I haven't seen Coming to America since it was new, although now there's a sequel that's on Amazon. Really I should watch them both again, yeah. Non-terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just all these titles. I'm thinking, God, studio comedies used to be a thing. Yeah, and they're this used to be the year of yeah. They're not anymore. Well, uh, num- number two, I think I-, I hope we can all agree that this is actually pretty darn good. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That, that amazing. Was alternative for next episode. Oh, such a good film. A that that yeah. was the one that caused that. me to pay attention to Zemeckis as a director. Yeah. And, yeah, that is. It's it's fantasy. It's it's crime. It's noir. It's funny. It's that amazing. Like a better love letter to cinema than cinema parodies for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, I think uh, we all one. may be showing our geek tendencies with that <laughs> like, that so. uh, idea. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, num- number one, Rain Man. So. Yeah. Rain Man. Wow. Well, um, 
That is quite a different. Like a f- just a few years ago, or even the the year before, it's all sci-fi. It's all like following mm. Spielberg and ET and um, yeah, like now yeah. it's all um, buddy comedies and. I can't remember where I read it, but somebody was saying recently the secret of success in Hollywood is to be the second person to have the amazing original idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let let somebody else do do the dangerous bit of of getting people used to the idea that this is a thing that can happen. Then you can. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Well, there we are. I guess that concludes our Cinema Paradiso episode. Um, Thank you very much for joining us again, Marianne. Yeah. Uh, it was my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Well, we will uh, we will continue to roll on through the years and see where it takes us. Um, but in the meantime, my cranking hand has has worn out, so I think we can no longer keep this podcast going. From my... sorry, that sounded much filthier than I. Oh, sure, it's all going to be Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.